The Blaze Radio Network. On Demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. one 800 913 this is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka only on the Blaze Radio Network. <laughs> uh, this, 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 this little trick again. Hello, Stunt Brainiacs. It is the weekend edition of Pure Opelka, the Saturday morning edition, the I'm Awake Are You edition. Hurry up. Tell me you're awake. Are you? 888-933-93-888-900-3393. That's the number. Uh, we've got the crew in Dallas already working. And I know, I know Corby and Rob are down there keeping an eye on things. And there's apparently a new guy on the phones. So somebody call up and, and hassle him. I think we should, uh, I think we should find out who's, Who's awake? Who's the first to ring in? And who is the farthest away from me? I'm in Delaware. Who's the who's listening from the farthest distance this morning? 888-933-93. Go ahead. Check in. Uh, and, you know, you can whisper if the rest of the house is asleep. We have we have much to talk about. Some of it pretty silly. I do want to have a funeral today. I actually want to want to put something away for a long, long time. And I think once you realize what it is, you'll agree with me. And let's see. Uh, there's still time to weigh in on yesterday's late-breaking vital question. Yesterday afternoon, I was thinking, hmm, uh, this whole thing, this deal with with the uh, the Wonder Woman movie coming out do we really want to push for allow encourage the the kind of silliness we're seeing and yes i called it silliness i'm talking about the women only screenings of wonder woman uh the theaters that are offering only to allow women into certain screenings i think it's a bad idea you know i know cute marketing etc and I got an email from uh, one of my producers last night saying, can, can you let us have something? Can we have something just to ourselves? Yes, you have bathrooms. Oh, wait, you don't. I forgot. Yeah, maybe we should fight to get you bathrooms and not fight to segregate movie theaters because that's what this is, sexual segregation. 
if you support the Wonder Woman women-only screenings, you are a segregationist. You are someone who says, oh, my God, we have to segregate. And I just think that's wrong. That's, that's not right. It's, and it's not okay. So, um, come on, people. If we allow women-only screenings of Wonder Woman, we are going to then allow white-only screenings, men-only screenings, liberal-only screenings, conservative-only. It's, it's never going to stop. Never, 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 never going to stop. And that, in my opinion, is going backwards. We talked yesterday about the fact that uh, since Harvard had a group of black students who wanted their own commencement ceremony, that now we're seeing this happen on other colleges. Yeah, it's, it's happening. So it, it starts here. It starts with one teeny tiny little thing. Like, and it seems innocent. It seems very innocent, doesn't it? Women-only screenings for Wonder Woman. <clears throat> the interesting thing in my little survey here is that some of the most uh, passionate responses I received to the question came from some of the strongest women I know. And I would think that they would have a strong opinion on the idea, and either way would have a strong opinion. Uh, one of the very strong and very, you've, you've heard this person before on this show, I'm not going to out them without their permission, but one of these people said to me in a direct message, can I just say I don't care? You can, but then you'd, you'd, be, uh, you'd be allowing that, that tiny seed to get germinated and start growing. And I think that's a mistake. And I have another one who took the libertarian approach, which I respect as a libertarian. That is, the company is allowed to offer to do any kind of business they want. Yeah, I, I get that. But this very strong woman, who's a friend for years, said that, you know, the company should be allowed to do whatever they want. Yeah, until you start having companies say, we're only going to allow black people in our theater. We're only going to allow white people in our theater. We won't allow any Jews where no Catholics can come in. It is a slippery slope. So I do understand there is some need of government. I know I, I talk about small, limited, tiny government all the time. But there is some need. So uh, what, what do you think? What do you think? That's the question. You can go to uh, my Twitter account as we speak at Stunt Brain and join in the conversation on this. Uh, you can do uh, many different things. You can, as I said, you can call in and discuss it. I also want to go after a couple different um, commercials this morning. And I'd like to know if you have a nominee for uh, a bad commercial as well. I... I I get tired of commercials. I, first of all, I love commercials because guess what? They pay my salary. Commercials are what keep this place uh, afloat. But I get tired of commercials that A, insult me, insult you, 
or are just stupid. One such commercial, which I think insults you and I, is from a, a company that's trying to get you to buy um, LASIK vision surgery. Now, it was a guy who wears glasses and who, who has worn glasses since, uh, well, I, I, since, since I was 18 months old, I have had glasses on. So as a small child... I looked really funny and still do now because I had glasses and nobody else did. And so I looked into LASIK surgery and it's not something that would work for me. It's not something I think is, is advantageous, but I always listen when I hear the commercials about it. But then when you're, if you're just trying to tell me that your, your vision or your product works well, just tell me. You can be clever about it, but don't fake that you're a newscast like this one does, and this commercial's airing on news channels all over the place. Hello, we interrupt with breaking news from the LASIK Vision Institute with our own Amy Larson on the scene right now. Amy, what's happening? Thanks, Michael. The LASIK Vision... So there's a guy in a newsroom at a news desk. They have the breaking news animation come out just like you see on CNN or MSNBC or Fox. And the anchor, and he's even got papers in his hand like he's getting breaking news handed to him. I just, I bristle at this stuff. I, I want to say, really? Come on, people. Don't fake like you're a news report. And there's, there's another one that goes into a grocery store and does a similar thing about cereals or, or grocery products. And they make it sound like, a, like an actual news report. But listen again. Here you hear the opening in the, at the very first one second you see flying in the news graphics. Hello, we interrupt with breaking news from... No, you don't interrupt with breaking news. You interrupt to try and sell me something. It's, <laughs> I know some of you right now are going, Mike, Mike, what, what are you doing? Perhaps it's because the breaking news thing has gotten to be so irritating on CNN. Everything is breaking news or a countdown. You know, at this point uh, with, with James Comey testifying next Thursday, I'm surprised CNN doesn't have a countdown clock to the how many days and, and minutes until we get Jim Comey in the, in the uh, congressional hearing, Senate, House, whatever. But the ads on television and on radio are starting to bother me. Now, again, I love the advertisers. I love it when they actually tell us what, what the ad is, what the product is. It used to be that Somebody would tell you whatever a, a product does. It strengthens. It, it makes you taller, whatever. It makes you healthier. But now, even on cars, we used to tell you how, how fast, how far, how strong a car would be, how much horsepower, what's inside. Now you have Matthew McConaughey putting on a, a, a shirt and a tie and then falling into an endless pool before he drives off in that Lincoln, whatever it is. Nothing about the car. I guess it's the lifestyle. We're supposed to all want that lifestyle. It used to be about the product.
it used to be. Now we have a gecko selling insurance and we have flow doing God knows what. We were talking last night. I wonder how much money the lady who plays flow makes a year. Uh, we used to, we used to have, um, the, uh, the Aflac duck was voiced by, um, Gilbert Godfrey, the comedian. And he did that gig for years, reportedly was making, I think, over a million dollars a year. He said when he lost that gig, it cost him, uh, I think he had a long-term contract that would have given him over $10 million. But, what? and that's a duck. <laughs> Again, another product. If there's a bizarre product out there that you would you would like to call a, call a, uh, a foul on for how they advertise their product, you feel free to join the conversation. Uh, there, there are things going on today. There, as I mentioned, CNN is obsessed with the Jim Comey testimony, and that's not happening till Thursday. And why is it the main topic of conversation at CNN? Well, that means it's a slow news day. There's nothing else really going on. There, there isn't. Uh, the press, there are two things that CNN and MSNBC are obsessed with. The Trump position on climate change and Jim Comey's testimony. Both channels are obsessed with this. And in the words of Hillary Clinton, it's the biggest nothing burger ever. The climate change question, which we will get into, is nothing more than the typical mass media gotcha question. They're trying to get them on record so they can do a gotcha. In terms of the Comey thing, CNN and MSNBC, and, and to some extent, I don't think I've seen this on uh, Fox too much. They have, they have raised speculation that Donald Trump would use executive privilege to stop Comey from testifying. Nobody in the White House hinted that. The president, I don't believe, has hinted that. And for days now, we have seen hours of coverage on all the news networks talking about, well, what if, what if Donald Trump comes in and uses executive orders to prevent, executive privilege to prevent Comey from testifying? What would that mean? Hypothetical questions only get hypothetical answers. And in the case of the speculation about Donald Trump preventing Jim Comey from testifying, I think we all know what it means. And yet nobody, nobody thought it would happen. Not even the people who were talking about it. None of them. So it is a nothing burger. And to prove it to you this morning, the New York Times is saying, the New York Times, not the most pro-Trump paper in the country, the New York Times is saying they don't believe Donald Trump is going to use executive clemency or executive privilege to silence Jim Comey, the New York Times. And yet CNN's still going with it. Why? Because they got nothing else. All right, I'm stepping away for a break. When we get back, maybe we'll have some fun. I think there's another commercial. If I've got this, uh, there's one commercial about um, killing ants that sounds like they're calling in a SWAT team. I'll, I'll deal with that or uh, some of the other fun next on Pure Opelka. 
On the Blaze Radio Network. Two thousand seventeen is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy. It is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back. And uh, earlier when I started the show this morning, uh, I said, uh, let's find out who's listening, who's up and who's listening from the farthest point from the uh, constitutionally protected free speech bunker here in Arden, Delaware, in the woods of Arden, Delaware. And it appears, and I'm, I'm curious about this, it, it appears we do have someone listening from very, very far away who takes the prize. First of all, if you want to call in and shout out your city, 888-933-93-888-900-3393. Alex is on the phone. Alex, I've got the, uh, the globe out here. And I'd like to figure yep. out just how far away you are. But first of all, good morning, sir. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Good morning. It's good evening from uh, Canberra in Australia. It's the capital of Australia. A lot of people think it's Sydney, but Canberra is actually the, where the national parliament is. In fact, Canberra um, it was designed by Walter Belly Griffin, who I understand designed Washington, D.C. There's a lot of parallels between uh, the two capital cities. But testudo to you, Mike, and great to talk to you in person. Well, I am I am a honored to uh, to make your acquaintance here on the phone. Uh, I, I wish I were there. I I love the people of Oz. I have been uh, enamored of Australia since I was a young boy, and my favorite science teacher decided to leave America and move to Australia, heartbroken. And my mother told me, <laughs> "You can't you can't go to Australia. They don't let Catholics come there." So there was a time when apparently my people were not welcome, but now I guess that's all over. So, oh, yeah. Alex, I mean, it's, uh, we, we, we call it God's country down here, but of course the U.S. is God's country too, so we, we all have that in common as well. Well, you know, we have many uh, Australians who came here, uh, have worked here, and then some have stayed here. Our buddy uh, Nick is from uh, your country, Nick Adams. Uh, and yeah, he's now yeah, an American I've been, citizen. I've seen him interviewed many times with. Um, isn't he right? He's written many books and he's been on with Glenn many times, hasn't he? He has. American he has. He's, and, yes. He's a yeah. he's a good dude. And I I yes, spent yes. some time working at Fox, so there seemed to be a healthy number of of uh, Aussies running around the Fox compound in my days there. Oh. One one of whom directed 
one of the great movies out of Australia and one of the biggest movies in the world at the time, uh, Crocodile Dundee, a guy named Peter Feynman. Oh. I don't know if you knew Pete. Yeah. He, I, um, I don't know Pete, but of course I, I know the movie, and of course it's a classic. <laughs> yeah, it is. But no, Pete Pete introduced me to Hey, Hey, It's Saturday, one of the more entertaining uh-huh. variety <laughs> shows. I ended up spending mm-hmm. time with Daryl Summers uh, and, and some of the crazy Aussies. But what do you do in life, Alex? Well, I actually emailed you once. I'm a technology journalist, and I, you know, I would have loved to have written for the Blaze, but you know, it's another story for another time. I uh, came across um, Glenn via uh, watching Fox. Um, this would have been in, I think, his first year. And I remember watching and going, "Wow, this guy really speaks to me." I mean, I've never heard anybody speaking like this in such a, um, you know, uh, libertarian, constitutional, you know, free-thinking. Uh, you know, manner, um, just, uh, just like in the U.S., much of the uh, media, mainstream media over here is very left-wing. And, uh, and I, I was addicted to, you know, I wanted to know more about Glenn, and I discovered he had a radio show. I'd never heard of him, and I, I discovered, hey, there's this show. It's the Glenn Beck radio show from 9 to 12. He used to talk about the sick, twisted freak. You know, he doesn't mention that much anymore, but that's how he used to introduce it. And then I discovered there was a thing called the, uh, the Insiders, Insider Extreme, and I became a member of that so I could watch it. And then, of course, since that time, you know, it's evolved hang, into... Hang on, the, Alex, uh, hang on football. one second. Hang on, my friend. I'm up against a hard wall. If you'll stay through the break, I, I want to give you an update on something. This is Piero Pelka, and I'm way over time. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka on this uh, weekend where the the Blaze actually gives you programming on the weekends with this show kicking off Saturday mornings followed by Jeff Fisher and then Lawrence Jones. You know, Lawrence is up. I have to see if we can get him on the horn. I know he's usually bouncing around the Fox studio somewhere, but we'll see if we can get Lawrence. But all the way around the world... Way down under, our friend Alex checked in this morning, and he's currently the leader, unless we get a call from the South Pole, Alex. I think you are the, first of all, you're the first caller, so thank you. Uh, You're the leader of the Great Distance Challenge this morning uh, from (laughs) Australia. So uh, I'm going into the the Pure Opelka swag closet and pull out some stuff for you. Could you use a pair of Pure Opelka sunglasses? I think you could. Absolutely. It's very sunny down under. Even though it's winter here now, the sun is still during the day. It's it's strong. But yeah, at night it gets freezing cold because, well, we're on the other side of the planet. And you are in the capital of Canberra, which uh, on on the the western end of the country, is, am I correct there? Uh, this is on the east, actually. The west is Perth. The east side oh, is I... Sydney, Canberra, Melbourne, Brisbane. So it's on it's on the east side. I'm sorry. I thought I had my states mixed up. And, you know, the 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 government uh, with uh, Mr. Turnbull, uh, very similar in some ways to the American system. But you're saying it's 
it's kind of liberal these days. Is it leaning more conservative or is this a swing back to a liberal push? The, the funny thing is that our conservative party is called the liberal party because we never um, screwed up the meaning of the word the way that the Democrats did 100 years ago. So <laughs> our liberals are actually conservative. And, uh, but unfortunately, Malcolm Turnbull, despite being a businessman, you know, he likes to portray himself a little bit like, uh, like, like a Donald Trump successful businessman. But he once tried to join the Labor Party, which is the Democrats' equivalent, and they rebuffed him. And he joined the, the uh, Liberal Party, our Conservative Party, backstabbed the duly elected, politically backstabbed, the duly elected uh, Prime Minister, and, um, uh, and, and has become the Prime Minister. And uh, I mean, it's just been a, it's been a disaster, unfortunately. And a lot of the Conservatives are very upset with Malcolm Turnbull, or, or uh, Prime Minister Trumbull, as Sean Spicer called him, which we laugh about. And, and uh, so we're suffering through a, a um, uh, we, we call it labor light. It'd be like a Democrat style government, even though they're nominally they're you know, the equivalent of Republicans. So true conservatives in Australia are suffering. And uh, we, 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 we despair because the, um, he'll get voted out in the next election and we will then have um, the leader of the equivalent of the Democrats. And that's even worse. So we're between a rock and a hard place here. And, uh, uh, Australians are hoping that maybe the former Prime Minister, who was very conservative and has been doing a very excellent job of establishing, re-establishing his conservative credentials, might uh, kick the, the uh, Malcolm Turnbull out. But it depends on his party. They have to vote him in. We have a, we, you know, nobody can, you know, you can only impeach the US president. In Australia, they, they can, uh, the parliamentarians can elect to, to vote the Prime Minister out. It's a terrible system in one sense. Um, and uh, in another sense, well, you know, at least uh, we still uh, are living in a mostly free country like in the US and you know when thank goodness we're not in you know China or Russia or uh, North Korea or anywhere else we, we live in liberal uh, you know western democracies and uh, we've got to be very thankful for that well i i'm i love hearing about the the way other governments run and i love hearing from uh, our friends halfway around the world what does in in your opinion what does the australian mm-hmm. nation what do the people of australia think of president trump well, it's the same kind of situation you have in the U.S. You know, those who are very left-wing think he's a disaster. They report in the in the left-wing press with glee all the same sort of talking points they have on the CNNs and NPRs and, and other sort of, you know, biased fake news media, as it were. And the conservatives, you know, I mean, although some are wary of Trump, uh, you know, as is the case in the States, I mean, Glenn himself, wary of Trump. But, you know, I mean, personally, I was glad. I mean, at first, at first I was quite sort of worried about Trump, but I was... I was really for, for um, Ted Cruz. But uh, then when he won, it was like, well, thank goodness. Thank goodness Hillary Clinton didn't win. So a lot of people are hopeful that, um, you know, hoping against hope that uh, Trump will end up one of the great presidents like Ronald Reagan. And, uh, you know, and, and I, I, I sort of I despair at seeing all the, the silly nonsense they write about and the kafifi and the, you know, the, the all the silly stuff that, you know, the, <laughs> I mean, I was listening uh, to something on radio where they were talking about how, you know, if Jared Kushner was trying to establish a back channel with the Russians, well, doesn't that mean he didn't? They didn't have a back channel. You know? So there's all this crazy stuff that's going on over there, and it's a big circus. And uh, you know, we we just hope that um, yeah, Trump does a great job and and turns out to be a, a great president. But you know, I think he's obviously still going through his sort of uh, you know honeymoon phase, or I'm trying to think of the other term for it. He's, he's sort of still finding himself. And yeah. uh, you know, I'd love to see um, love to see how he goes over the next two three years. Well, Alex, you're you're right on on that. I think there's great hope from all of us who voted for Trump, whether or not he was your first mm-hmm. choice. He was not my first choice, 
I voted for him mm-hmm. because I voted on the Supreme Court, and that's what I mm-hmm. wanted, uh, a conservative Supreme Court. How does Australia feel about America pulling out of the Paris Climate Accord? And uh, you, you guys are obviously a part of it. Uh, has that? I'm sure. sure it's made some news there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that Prime Minister Turnbull has, of course, said, oh, no, we're, we're signing the accord and, you know, we're, we're part of it. And look, again, you know, the, the, the left wing, you know, is screaming about how it's a terrible thing and how this is bad for the world and how Trump's, you know, I mean, you know, going to cause global catastrophe and how the seas are already rising and all the rest. I mean, Obama was, was going to be King Midas and stop the seas. And now, you know, Trump's supposedly going to raise them again. But but people who are conservatives, you know, are very pleased to see that uh, Trump has done his bit to sort of get a, get out of another one of these one-world government things. It's a bit like a not a Brexit, but a, an American exit out of this Paris Accord, which has been, um, you know, uh, just a, a disguise for having this one-world government sort of situation where, you know, you t- we tell you what to do, and, and Trump's pulled the U.S. out of that. And I'd love to see Trump do more of these things to, well, as he says, make America great again. And hopefully we can make Australia great again too down under here as well. Well, we, we certainly appreciate you giving us a, a, a look into your country. Uh, I've long, As I said earlier, I've long been a fan of Australia. The Australian people among the most gregarious and uh, just all-out fun group I've ever met. And so I've, I've always been a fan. And ever since my youth of watching Skippy the Bush Kangaroo on American yeah. television, <laughs> I guess that was yeah. my first introduction. So um, if you'll email me uh, your address, you know where to find me. We'll, um, yeah, we'll get you some uh, Puro Pelka goodies for being the, the longest distance caller and i'm very impressed you opened with the greeting of testudo my friend i'm very well, impressed thank you very alex much for my call and i i listen to you a lot so that's why i knew testudo well thank you testudo and uh next thursday and friday i'm going to be in dallas most of next week but thursday and friday i'm filling in on glenn's show so i know it's the middle of the night for you but uh, we'll still be doing the regular afternoon show but before that, I'll be filling in for Glenn Beck as well. So stay tuned, Alex. There's more coming. Thank you very much, and have a great day. Thank you. There he goes. Uh, how about that? Halfway around the world. Maybe a little bit more, actually. I would love to go to Australia and spend, uh, you know, a month. Because I think when you fly 18 hours or however long it takes to get there, I, I think you need to spend considerable time readjusting your body and getting used to it. Uh, fascinating for me to get inside the minds of the people who are in other countries and see how they see us and how they see themselves. Australia, like America, is is this federation of states, and they um, they have uh, also have two self governing territories. Like we have some territories, and um, it's just interesting. They have a House of Representatives. They have a Senate. It's a parliamentary system, not quite the same as ours, but pretty close. Um, And and they've been friends. They've stood shoulder to shoulder with us in the uh, in the Gulf War and uh, in the Middle East, in any of the any of the situations where we are in a dust up or in a military conflict. I guess I shouldn't call it a dust up, but I appreciate you, Alex. Thanks for being there. Anyone else out there want to join the conversation? 888-900-3393. When we get back, um, I need to talk about the funeral for a certain word. I want to put something away. 
and it hasn't been around that long, but I think, I think it's time for it to go. I think it's already reached critical mass, and I'll explain what I'm talking about around the corner on Pure Opelka. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. What, what an interesting week it's been, right? A very interesting week. We've seen all kinds of outrage, uh, some of it real, a lot of it fake. What a surprise. Um, yesterday we saw the, I, I think we saw a, a real breakdown with Kathy Griffin, and, and there's more on that. I have a couple more things I'd love to say on that. And I feel bad for anyone who's, who's losing their job because of free speech. However, you have the ability to decide whether or not to do something. You have the free will. You have the, the right to say, you know, I think this would be funny, but... I bet the outrage would be too much. And then when you do it, you also have the the reality of the reaction that you have to deal with. And and I'll get into that a little bit more. I told you I wanted to have a have a funeral for something. I want to say goodbye to Kofefe. I want Kofefe to go away. Because we've over Kofefe'd. I think we reached Kofefe critical mass this week. And it was used everywhere. Uh, I used it attempting to be funny. I would slip Kafefe into conversations the way, what was it, Super Troopers, the movie, with Meow, trying to put in every sentence. But CNN, I think, took it to uh, the extreme. And it's been every single place you can imagine. It started at the White House and it worked its way around the world. I don't think it's over yet. I would love to say a little prayer and have a funeral for Kafefe. I'd like to bury Kafefe and and not just fill in the grave with dirt. I would like to fill in the grave with cement so Kafefe never comes back to life. I'd like to say adios to Kafefe. Unless somebody builds a, a, a perfect song, a perfect song. They haven't yet. You know, one of the one of the better jokes about it actually came from Bill Maher, who's in the news today. And we'll we'll talk about Bill Maher in a little bit. But Bill Maher's monologue after Kofefe came out, he said, you know, because we were all talking about the fact that Donald Trump wrote this. And I, I still believe he was falling asleep and, and he wrote Kofefe and fell asleep before he could correct it or write coverage. And then somebody accidentally, he slipped and pushed text and, and sent the message off uh, the tweet button and sent the message off. Well, as we all speculate about how it happened, Bill Maher actually said, the very last thing I want to hear from Donald J. Trump is his fingers press the wrong button. Yes, I get it. It's a reference to 
nuking somebody accidentally, which we know isn't going to happen. And then Sean Spicer's explanation was really bizarre, wasn't it? Do you remember that one? Sean Spicer was the, uh, uh, the, the moment when he actually talked about it. And this was the weirdest one because it was in an audio-only press conference, a gaggle. They didn't have the entire press pool in there. But Spicer was, was in the press room with a small group of reporters. And, of course, the question was brought up about Kofefe. Uh, a decision in the next few days stand. Okay. Will he have a formal cabinet meeting or a formal review before he makes that decision? Uh, that'll obviously be up to the president to decide. Hunter. Thank you, Sean. Uh, do you think people should be concerned um, that the president posted somewhat of an incoherent tweet last night and that it then stayed up for hours? Uh, no. Why did it stay up so long? After, is, is no one watching this? No, I, I think the... the uh, the president and a small group of people know exactly what he meant. Blake. The, the president and a small group of people know exactly what he meant, which, you know, he did that on purpose to troll them. The most the most irritating use, though, was CNN with the new spelling bee champion. OK, so Ananya, we have a challenge for you. We'd like you to spell a word. It has recently become popular. Not sure if you're familiar with it or if you know the definition. Do you know the word kofefe? Kofefe. Definition, please. Ah, the definition is um, a nonsense word made up by the 45th president of the United States in a late night tweet. Language of origin. A language of origin. Gibberish. Gibberish. Part of speech. Part of speech. Uh, it's a noun. It could be a noun, but may you be used mm -hmm. in as, any way you'd a, like. as a verb and as an insult. <laughs> Are there any alternate pronunciations? Yes. yes. Oh, many, many. Kofifi, Kofefe. CNN, you're embarrassing all of us. Cut it out. Goodbye, Kofefe. We will see you in the next life. If you make it to the same place we think we're going. Farewell, Kafefe. Farewell. We'll be right back. Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. On the Blaze Radio Network. This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka only on the Blaze Radio Network. It is the second hour of the Saturday edition of Pure Opelka. I'm glad you're here. I am thrilled that I'm here. I really am happy that I'm here, but I appreciate you guys more than more than anything. Those of you who actually reach out and uh, make contact via whatever, email, via the Twitter, or you call in, 888-900-3393, We had Alex check in from uh, Canberra, Australia, from the capital of Australia in the last hour. He gets the award for the farthest away. Anyone else far away from the 
constitutionally protected free speech bunker here in the woods of Arden, Delaware. Check in. I want to see what you're up to. Uh, much to talk about today, even though, even though it would appear to be a slow news day. Yesterday, we had the noontime press conference from Kathy Griffin, and I think all of us saw the, the highlights of it. If you didn't watch the whole thing, I was watching it in the commercial breaks as we were on the radio at that time yesterday. And, you know, the, the take on this is so interesting. The take from different sides of this. Kathy Griffin is, is absolutely allowed to say the things she says. She's absolutely allowed to try and tell us that it was artwork or she was trying to be funny or whatever she was doing with the severed head covered in blood of the president that she held up. She's allowed to do that. That's all okay. That's all great. That's all part of the First Amendment. It may be disgusting. It may revulse you. It may be the most horrible thing you've seen, but she's allowed to do it. Just as CNN and Squatty Potty and the casino in New Mexico, two other places that she said have canceled contracts with her. She's, she's allowed to do it. And they're allowed to choose not to be in business with you. I think where Kathy Griffin gets in trouble is contradicting herself. And I think anybody who does this points out the, uh, what does what Doc Thompson call it? Juxtaprogressivism. And her language undermines her argument. This is a, a perfect contrast from that, that press conference. The perfect moment in the press conference for her would have been when she's strong and says, Donald Trump, I'm not afraid of him. And then, and then she actually flips the script. There was a, a strong Kathy Griffin. Then there was a crying Kathy Griffin. Then there was a broken Kathy Griffin, a defiant Kathy Griffin. Which one's the truth, Kathy? That's why I think people are nervous about you. We never know which way you're going, and we don't, we don't have faith in what you're telling us when you contradict yourself like this. Um, I'm not afraid of Donald Trump. He's a bully. I've dealt with older white guys trying to keep me down my whole life, my whole career. And this bully and these, this president, of all people, is going to come after me? He picked the wrong redhead. I think okay. he, I think he, I think he... I'm going to be honest, he broke me. He broke me. He broke me. And then I was like, no, this isn't right. You see, you can't have it both ways. It can't be both things, Kathy. It, it, it's not right. You're the one. You're the one who created this problem. It would have been smart to apologize and just go away for a while and let it all blow over. I have no idea why she brought a lawyer into this. They issued the statement that said she was going to lay out the Trump family bullying of her. And then what happened instantly? Pictures of Donald Trump and a smiling Kathy Griffin appeared all over the Internet. You can see her 
standing, posing with, with Donald Trump for pictures. Interesting, right? Very interesting. The other thing that came out yesterday, and uh, I thought it was fascinating that the very first question that happened yesterday, the very first question that Kathy Griffin got during the press conference was about the fact that, that she, she set up in, in December to attack Donald Trump as a comedian. And she said, we're going to do this. We're going to, all the comedians should attack him. She called him President S and she didn't use the S word. She used the whole word. President Shizzle, President Shaving Cream. But she also said she was going to attack his son, Baron, who was 10 at the time. Kathy Griffin was asked about that yesterday. It was the first thing she was asked about. And they got mad when that question came up. Uh, Lisa Bloom, the lawyer, got mad and kind of cut it off saying, oh, that happened years ago. It didn't. It happened in December. Donald Trump wasn't the president years ago. Donald Trump's 10-year-old son was not even known to most of us years ago. And Kathy Griffin actually denied it later in the press conference, right after she said, he broke me. She denied it. She flat out lied. So, Ms. Griffin, I think we need to put, um, well, you should just go away for a while. Just take a break. Take a break and, and, and let everybody go away. Another comedian I respect, a guy named Vic Henley, who you may have seen, he, he regularly is out with uh, Jeff Foxworthy and uh, Kathleen Madigan. Vic Henley, Southern comic, uh, very clever guy, a guy who defends comedians, appropriately defended Kathy Griffin and her right to say it. And he also explained from a comedian's standpoint that this is all going to be based on the free market. The free market will decide whether or not Kathy Griffin has a career. She's, she's crying crocodile tears saying she's never going to work again. And we all know that's wrong. Kathy Griffin has a massive audience. And most of them are Hillary Clinton voters. I would venture to guess it's probably in the 90 plus percentage area of Kathy Griffin supporters are Hillary Clinton supporters. So that means the, the most she would lose in terms of business is 10%. And she's had a pretty successful couple of years now. I'd say the last decade for Kathy Griffin has probably been very strong. As a matter of fact, if we are to go to uh, Celebrity Net Worth and check on uh, Kathy Griffin, let, let's see what comes up. Because she's, she seems to always be a, uh, a savvy person when it comes to money. She's talked openly about her, her, her worth. So if we go to the Celebrity Net Worth Department and see, she's worth, uh, estimated on Celebrity Net Worth, $20 million. That's pretty strong for a comic, wouldn't you say? Somebody who doesn't have to, have to work for a corporation, someone who's only doing her own thing. She doesn't have a weekly TV gig. She has to go out and, and work it on the street, in the clubs. She has to get herself booked into arenas. 
It can't be easy, but to have amassed a $20 million net worth, good accomplishment. So if you take a 10% haircut in your earnings for a year while people get over whatever offensive comments you made, don't you think you're going to be okay? It really, it really does seem to be. Uh, the, the reality is the people who didn't like Kathy Griffin before the bloody head incident are still going to not like Kathy Griffin. The people who are the most loyal to her are going to absolutely love Kathy Griffin, and they are going to rally behind her. She'll be okay. I just don't understand why we needed the press conference and the tears and the calling of Donald Trump a bully when the real bully was the woman who got up in front of the world in December and said she was going to go after President Shizzle and she was going to go after his son, a 10-year-old, a child. That's a bully. Somebody who picks on a child, that's a bully, Kathy Griffin. So, once again, the old adage, when you point one finger at me, there's three pointing right back at you. Michael Pelka stepping aside. When we get back, there's some news on North Korea. Uh, General Mattis is making some statements uh, to the world when uh, when we're out talking about uh, the security of the world. He was in Singapore yesterday. There's also news on Bill Maher. He has stepped in something again. Will it hurt him? Uh, there is uh, a, an interesting discussion. Maybe we'll continue the Kathy Griffin discussion with the discussion that happened yesterday with Ted Nugent. And some of his comments. I found this to be pretty interesting. And I may, you know, look, I'm a fan of Ted. I may have to throw the Bravo Sierra flag on Ted Nugent. And we'll investigate next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Uh, I am really not talking about CNN's number one topic and MSNBC's number one topic. And that is, will Donald Trump use executive privilege to stop Jim Comey from testifying? No. No, he won't. And the the... New York Post has even said so. So how much more time are you going to waste on this, liberal news outlets? Seriously. It really is kind of stupid, but there it is. The New York Times has said it. And typically, when the paper of record says this, the rest of the liberal media falls in line. But they're not. They, they, the reason is they don't have anything else. It's a slow news day. We were talking about Kathy Griffin before the break and how I believe she'll be fine. We won't need any telethons for Kathy Griffin. A woman with a $20 million net worth is going to be just fine. She'll get work. If she normally books, I was talking about a friend who's a comic, a guy I respect greatly. 
a guy who understands comedy from a performance standpoint and from a business standpoint. He understands the different channels of comedy. There are different kinds of comedians and they all have their audience. And once they get to be successful, it's pretty hard to lose that audience. Well, Kathy Griffin has a large liberal audience. She's also got a strong base of gay fans. They're not going to abandon her over this. They probably will love her more. She'll probably go out on the bloody beheading tour and do just fine. Instead of selling out thousand seat auditoriums, they'll probably put eight to 900 people in the room. And if that makes a profit, the clubs will continue to book her so we can stop with that. Now, I teased a, a subject before we went away. I was talking about Ted Nugent, a guy whose music I have followed for decades. I actually, my first, one of my first jobs in radio was covering a Ted Nugent concert in San Antonio in 1976. And at the NRA annual meeting a couple years ago, I talked briefly with uh, Ted Nugent, and he was on this radio show. And in the, um, in the discussion, I said, you know, one of my first jobs was covering one of your concerts in San Antonio in 1976. And he, he not only remembered playing in San Antonio, he knew the dates and he, he knew the incident I was talking about. Ted Nugent has a remarkable memory. He's a guy who's never done drugs, never been a drinker. He's a guy who's got real clarity in his head. He believes what he believes. But I think he's wrong on something he said yesterday when he was on, um, on with uh, the, uh, the Fox News guys. He was talking about the—he was confronted, if you will, on, on the subject of, of um, Kathy Griffin. He was confronted on what she said, and he found it despicable, obviously. And then he was, he was asked about something he said because he was investigated by the Secret Service. He was given a, a pass on what he said. He was investigated after he made a comment that Nancy Pelosi and Dianne Feinstein and Barbara Boxer found to be disgusting. And he said... Something about telling Barack Obama to suck on my machine gun and Hillary, you might want to ride one of these into the sunset, you worthless bleep. Well, Ted Nugent has an unusual, I'm, I'm not going to try and paraphrase Ted, but I think, I think he's parsing his own words here. And I, I think as honest conservatives, when, when we see something that is as offensive as the Kathy Griffin thing, we have to say, yeah, I was bothered by that. And I was actually bothered by Ted Nugent's words. There have been times his words have bothered me. But I think, I think he's parsing his own words here. Correct me if I'm wrong. Here, here he is being presented with his own statement yesterday on Fox. Never happened. Well, Ted, what did you mean when you said Obama? He's a piece of bleep. I told him to suck on my machine gun. Hey, Hillary, you might want to ride one of these into the sunset, you worthless bleep. I mean, what did you mean by that if it wasn't a threat? Well, it's, I'm glad you asked that because what Kathy Griffin is hysterical over, and I, I got to tell you, I know why, because she's out of her mind. Uh, Don, 
President Trump and his family were reacting to her vile actions. She right, Ted. Oh, that's what you it. meant, though, when you said... My, yeah, okay. my statements were in response to an outrageous attempt to ban certain types of firearms that would do nothing except help bad guys with more gun-free zones. I was on stage at a rock and roll concert when, this, when the Obama was a senator, not the president, and I made an outrageous metaphor telling him that we will not accept his gun control laws, but I never threatened anyone. So, you know, I, I do have a problem with that. I do have a problem with him trying to explain away what he said. I, I don't think it was appropriate for him to say that. And yes, Barack Obama was a senator at the time. So was Hillary Clinton, or Hillary was Secretary of State. What were, what were they, or Hillary was a senator. What were they doing? They were getting ready to run for president. They were in a battle for the White House. They were in a primary battle. So what, whatever you do, Ted, whatever you say, I don't think you can explain that away. I think that was over-the-top rhetoric. Now, he was investigated. He was found not to have threatened anyone. But I still don't think it's great language. I'll respect his right to say it, but don't try and explain it away now. You were using hyperbole to get the attention of your audience. And yeah, you were using it as, as an example to fight for our Second Amendment rights, something I will fight for as well. But I don't think we have to tell the guy who ultimately ended up being president to suck on a machine gun. It's just, some of you are going to disagree with me on this one. I realize that. I, I'm sorry if that offends you. Not really. When we get back, uh, let's get into the Bill Maher thing. Uh, I want to see that. And plus, the ladies from The View did something dumb. And I do have some fun stuff. There's, there's some very entertaining news out there as well today. I'll share that with you, uh, plus the latest from The Blaze. And uh, I think our buddy Buck Sexton is commenting on the latest from the Russian investigation into uh, the investigation into Russia and whether or not the campaign colluded with Russia. We'll deal with that next on Piero Pelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. On the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Kind of an interesting night last night for Bill Maher. Bill Maher, Bill Maher, Bill Maher. He's now apparently going to um, take the heat from Kathy Griffin. He was on his little show Real Time last night talking with uh, Senator Ben Sass uh, and, and made some jokes with Ben Sass. And uh, Ben Sass invited him to come to Nebraska and work and, quote, work in the fields. Um, Bill Maher said, Senator, 
I'm a house N word, but he he said the the word uh, the N word using the A on the end, not the E R. The N I G G A version, not the version that ends in E R. And then he added immediately, "It's a joke. It's a joke." Interestingly enough, there is now blowback against Ben Sass because he didn't he did not go after Bill Maher. But there is considerable attention to Bill Maher on this. Bill Maher is getting all kinds of heat about this, as you might imagine, because everyone's sensitive about words. I look, I find the word to be awful, horrible, uh, insulting, vulgar, everything you want to say about the word. I don't use the word, but it also troubles me that one group of people is allowed to use it and one group isn't. I think that's uh, a violation of the First Amendment. I really, I really think that's part of the problem here. Is It goes back to the Wonder Woman screenings. We're going to start creating more separation between all of us, between every group. And either we all agree not to use the word... Or, or we all use it, but we also understand the consequences of it. And I, I think Bill Maher is a guy who understands the consequences because he's a guy who regularly pokes people. He's a guy who regularly tries to stir up trouble. So uh, I think it's also fascinating that Ben Sass, a senator, a guy who's got a, a number one selling book, uh, thank, thank God, the Vanishing American Adult is is topping the bestseller book list in America, the hardcover bestseller book list. Good for you, Ben Sass. And by the way, yes, I do, I do agree. I do hold my theory that senators and congressmen who put out books in this time between the uh, the inauguration of the president and the midterm elections. Those people are testing the waters for a presidential run. I'll back that up in just a little bit. But I think Ben Sass is one of those people who's kind of trying to see if if he's uh, if he's got enough popularity in the nation to maybe consider a presidential run. But Ben Sass awake this morning. I, I tweeted at him. He might be getting ready to get on a flight. Or he might have just gotten off a flight. Uh, ben Sass is actually responding on Twitter to some of the the blowback because believe it or not even though he's the one who who didn't say the word he's the one getting attacked ben sass didn't say the n-word and yet ben sass finds himself in the crosshairs of many on the liberal side of things so uh, ben sass is tweeting this morning I'm walking off a red eye from Los Angeles and I have three reflections on the Bill Maher situation. Number one, I'm a First Amendment absolutist. Comedians get latitude to cross hard lines. Again, I agree. Complete agreement with you. Comedians do get latitude to cross hard lines. Everybody gets that latitude. It's just not comedians. He also added... But free speech comes with a responsibility to speak up when folks use that word. Me just cringing last night wasn't good enough. So Ben Sass 
senator responding to people who are saying Bill Maher may have crossed the line, but but Ben Sass, his silence is is speaking volumes. Hmm. And now Ben Sass is basically agreeing. In his third statement on this subject, three of four statements, the senator says, here's what I wish I'd been quick enough to say in the moment. Hold up. Why would you think it's okay to use that word? And now, being on a television show, a live TV show, it's very stressful. I understand it. Ben Sass is no stranger to live TV, though. He's been out there. So he, he regrets not stopping Bill Maher and go, hold on a second here. Why would you use that word? Why would you think it's okay? And he didn't. He, he kind of sat silently. He looked, if you look at his eyes, his eyes in that moment on the video do appear to be uh, a little bit... <laughs> a little bit in shock. He's a little horrified. His fourth statement on this, again, this is Ben Sass, senator from Nebraska, the guy who was sitting across from Bill Maher as he said the N-word. Ben Sass said, the history of the N-word is an attack on universal human dignity. It's therefore an attack on the American creed. Don't use it. Yes, sir. I agree with you. But again, I would love to have a, a consensus from everybody out there that says we're, we're all going to agree this is the most offensive word and in polite company, we're not going to use it. We're not going to be the ones who stoop to that level. It, it, a little concerning. Now, I, I sent the senator a tweet. We're, we don't follow each other. I, I follow him. But I sent the senator a tweet to see if he would, in fact give us a call. He's probably a little tired. He did the show uh, in, in Los Angeles with Bill Maher, got on an all-night flight. You can never really sleep on those flights. We all know that. And he's just landed either in D.C. Or, or home in Nebraska. I suspect it's D.C. And we'll see if he's, he's up to giving us a call. I'd love to talk to him about it. Uh, I think that's a, that's a big deal. A very big deal. Bill Maher is the top trending... Uh, number the top trending phrase on Twitter this morning. So obviously the world is going to talk about this and totally missing from the the United States top trending list someone named Kathy Griffin. So Bill Maher, you should get a fruit basket today from Kathy Griffin. You should get a big thank you note. Yes, you should. Uh a little bit of a side we're going to sidestep the serious talk for a minute. There, there's, um, there's an ad that's burning up the Twitter this morning. It's, it's an ad from Craigslist. And I occasionally stop and read these when they're posted on Twitter. I, I've never used Craigslist for anything. I, I've never sold anything on Craigslist. I've never used it to try and find something to buy on Craigslist. But when I see someone say, okay, this is funny, you need to check it out, there is a, um, an ad on Craigslist for a generic father figure for backyard barbecue, and this is in Spokane, Washington. So if you're in the Spokane area and you meet all these qualifications, <laughs> you might want to consider becoming the a generic father figure for this backyard barbecue. You're probably wondering, what are the requirements? 
And is there compensation? Well, here's what they're looking for. First of all, this this ad contains a uh, statement that this is a real ad. Do not hesitate to call if you are interested. Preference will be given to applicants named Bill, Randy, or Dave for whatever reason. So if you're a Bill, Randy, or Dave, or if you can answer to that, you might want to do this. What do you need to do? Well, you need to be capable of grilling hamburgers and hot dogs whilst drinking beer. You need to bring your own grill. Although that's subject to change, they, they will provide all of the meats. So the aforementioned hamburgers and hot dogs needed for grilling will be provided by the person who placed the ad. You need to refer to all attendees as big guy, chief, sport, champ, etc. whilst drinking beer. You need to talk about dad things like lawnmowers, building your own deck, Jimmy Buffett, etc. You also need fun, funny anecdotes, and those are highly encouraged, and those have to be told while drinking beer. Desired experience? A minimum of 18 years experience as a father, a minimum of 10 years grilling experience, an appreciation of a nice cold beer on a hot summer day. We can't pay you in money, but we can give you all the food and cold beer your heart desires. Grill for a few hours, then sit back, crack open a few cold ones with the boys. Again, this is a real ad. Don't hesitate to call if you're interested. Preference given to applicants named Bill, Randy, or Dave. This is one of those things about Craigslist that I just think is absolutely wonderful. I will retweet this so you all can see it. Hopefully, hopefully we'll find out if this ad was successful and maybe we'll even meet this, um, this substitute granddad. What a wonderful, <laughs> what a wonderful opportunity for somebody who needs a few cold beers and a little time at the grill with a newfound family. Michael Pelka and Puro Pelka will be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Your Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. We'll get into uh, Buck Sexton's comments on on uh, Russia and the Russian investigation by the House and Senate into possible or suspected collusion between the Trump campaign and the Russians, which we've seen zero evidence so far. But I want to hear what Buck has to say coming up in just a few minutes. But I want to talk more about derangement. Uh, there's more derangement out there. And where would you expect to find derangement in the mainstream media uh, in, on, a, on a major network, on one of the th- big three networks or big four, if you include Fox? ABC. Yeah, ABC. Let's not forget, owned by Disney and the head of Disney, uh, Bob Iger, pulled out of the president's economic councils after Donald Trump pulled us out of the Paris Climate Accord. So you don't have any a love loss between the heads of ABC and the White House. Obviously, uh, that that attention to uh, the uh, 
president's advisory council that was given by ABC, that was just lip service. That was just trying to say, yeah, we'll we'll be part of it because it's cool to be connected to the White House. But when one thing changes, we're out of here. But so you'd expect to see um, just craziness coming out of ABC. And when you think crazy and anti-Trump, I think the view. I go right to the view. And yesterday, the view hosts are now speculating on Donald Trump's uh, sex life. I know. Uh, Joy Behar has it in for Donald Trump. She absolutely cannot believe that Hillary Clinton is not her president. Uh, Whoopi can't even say Donald Trump's name. And the, the rest of them, Jedediah Bila tries to hold up the conservative viewpoint. And she's a lot like me. Trump was not her choice. Mine was a Ted Cruz, but I voted for Trump for the Supreme Court. But I think this goes way over the line again. And, of course, there's huge laughter from the crowd. This is the View host speculating on Donald Trump's sex life, whether he has dementia, all kinds of things. Just crazy. He's losing it. Yeah, I really do. You and do? what you'll say soon, it's going to all be over. You're not being funny about that. You no, actually do. I do. I think he's losing yeah. it. Yeah. And I think he has short-term memory loss. I think he maybe even has a touch of, you know, dementia maybe. I don't know. But that- so we've got a comedian diagnosing the president, both saying he has short-term memory loss and a touch of dementia. A comedian. And this is allowed to go out there. Yes, because comedians are allowed to say things. But this audience, which loves to hate the president, will continue to support it. But it gets worse. It gets weirder. It gets ruder. Something's wrong all, with him. Something's wrong. I don't know what sleep. it is. What? It's all linked to lack it of sleep, though. Sleep. I don't care what it's linked to. He's but president. It could be the sleep and also that he didn't realize this job was going to be what it was. I always say that he didn't want this job. He didn't want this job. He wanted the fame. Jenna Diabila talking about the fact that Trump may or may not have wanted this job is a very popular thing. We've heard it among liberals and conservatives. And sometimes I wonder that, too. But I do think Trump is a guy who says, now that I'm there, I'm going to do the job. So let's let him do it. But there's more from these crazy ladies. Sleep a lot. I don't sleep a lot, and I don't. I don't. You know, send confefe messages. It's also possible that Melania is living in New York most of the time, and he's in Mar-a-Lago. And you know, sometimes sex puts you to sleep. He ain't getting any I can of that. For that. He's getting nothing. Oh, get that is. That is. And that's a problem. Section and they, yeah. you know how he talks oh. about eating two scoops of ice cream. If he's not going to move, he needs to cut back to one scoop. He, he, sign like, stress. he does. You don't want to be pear shaped. Stress is gaining weight in your midsection. Yeah. There have yeah. been studies on it. No yeah. bueno, Sonny. No, no bueno. bueno. So now the president isn't getting any sex and he's getting fat. Anybody else need proof that that the world is just crazy? Well, the world of the view. We'll be right back. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. I can't believe it's the third hour of the show already. I cannot believe how quickly things are blasting by today. It is Pure Opelka, Saturday on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you for being here. Appreciate you. So many of you listen to this radio show via the iHeartRadio app. So thanks for doing that. Some listen online just via theblaze.com. Thank you for that. Thank you, all of you. Your support of this show has led to the daily program at noon. And I will do it, God willing, as long as they will let me till they drag me kicking and screaming from the building. And if you didn't hear, next week I will be doing the show most of the week from Dallas. I leave Monday afternoon, and I'll be in Dallas Thursday through the week, and even filling in for Glenn Beck on Thursday and Friday as Glenn wraps up his vacation. So happy to be there, honored to do it. Hope you will join us as well. Um A couple of things going on, a little housekeeping I have to take care of. If you're out there and uh, you are the farthest person away from the constitutionally protected free speech bunker and you're in America, I'd love to hear from you. Well, I'd love to hear from all of you, but I'm looking to see who's who's awake either north, south, east or west of me. We heard from Australia earlier in the first hour from Alex in Australia. Love that. Love getting an international call. If you are out there. 888-900-3393. 888-900-3393. I realize a lot of you are driving and can't pull over and call, and I, I'm, I'm happy you're safer rather than yakking with me. One of the things, uh, I got a, a note from Alex after we spoke. He said uh, he's a tech geek like me, but he, he writes tech stories for a living. He said he called using the Apple AirPods from his iPhone using Skype which is kind of cool. The Skype sound was good. And I will tell you, if any of you are tech geeks and you like to use headphones instead of holding your phone up to your ear, those Apple AirPods, they might be the best thing Apple has ever come up with. Better than the phone. They work, they last for hours, and the sound is really good. So I will... I will happily give my personal endorsement for the Apple AirPods. And they ain't cheap. They're like 160 bucks for a set of headphones. But they also, um, they also work. And if you lose them, they have the Find My Phone technology in them. So you should be able to find them. Not that I've ever lost those things. Uh, but just check them out if you're so technologically inclined. Uh, I mentioned that our buddy Buck Sexton was um, on on Fox and Friends this morning. I happened to check him out during the break. And Buck is a guy, uh, we stay in touch to this day. I was an early adopter of Buck on the Blaze Radio Network. If If you were here at the beginning, you know that I was the godfather on Buck's radio show uh, virtually every week. I think I only missed a couple. And Buck is my go-to guy on matters of uh, international importance, on matters of national security. He's a guy whose opinion I respect. So um, I was happy to see Buck making an appearance on Fox this morning talking about Russia. Because as we come down around the corner now, we're less than a week away, less than a week away from 
the testimony, the highly anticipated testimony of Jim Comey in front of Senate and House committees. Who knows how many? He's going to talk to every committee out there. And I can't wait to see the contemporaneously written memos. I I want to see all of the stuff. I want to hear from him. I think this is great. Uh, But but, um, Buck will help us understand it better. So uh, the, the one thing that Buck said today, well, I've got, I've got two clips from Buck this morning. He's talking about both the energy behind this investigation and whether or not there's actually anything there. Or, or is it, as Hillary Clinton described, the nothing burger when she talked about the email controversy, the biggest nothing burger ever. But this is Buck earlier today on Fox and Friends. I, I think he made Marie Harf look embarrassed. Well, we can't be surprised at all that people would think that there should be an investigation into this because there's been a a steady uh, diet of propaganda coming from (laughs) most of the major newspapers and and TV networks for months now saying that there must be this investigation, that there was this shadowy collusion and that there was an enormous international conspiracy uh, between the Kremlin, the Trump campaign and and who knows who else, hackers somewhere. So uh, people have been told this, so it's understandable they would say, sure, we, we should find out what's going on here but the process is the punishment pete and the leaks are the weaponization of that process and we know this is being done for obvious partisan purposes and i think the american people are more and more seeing that because it's so obvious interesting statement i love the term the prospect is the punishment buck sexton putting it into perspective the process of going through this investigation is the punishment and the leaks from the white house are the weaponization. And those leaks, obviously, and I believe in many cases, are criminal. And I think we're going to find out a lot of this. Still, to this day, we have Maxine Waters out there every single day talking about the impeachment of this president. She's mad he hasn't been impeached already. And she said that. Why hasn't he been impeached already? And yet, When you press Maxine Waters on this, when you push her, she says there's been no evidence, no evidence presented. It it is really maddening, isn't it? Can you imagine to be the president and to know that you personally didn't collude with the Russians? At least that's what we've been told. There may be people in your in your campaign who had some questionable contacts And I do still believe Flynn is the guy who's probably got the biggest exposure. And he might have the biggest problems. But I I would sincerely doubt this extended all the way to President Trump. Buck talked more about this this morning on Fox and Friends. We're talking about the Russian investigation and why it's political, etc. Uh, yeah, that's part of, of the problem with the, the argument we hear from the Democrats is that this is all about supporting our necessary U.S. institutions and there should be bipartisan investigation into this. Uh, meanwhile, there are constant leaks that could in fact be criminal leaks that are meant to undermine this White House, undermine its agenda, and that also have caused serious divisions within the executive branch that's supposed to be serving the American people. So the notion that this is all about respecting our hallowed U.S. institutions 
investigations and trying to make sure we just get to the bottom of this. We already know, Pete, that there was some effort based on the reporting from months ago to try to do something to influence the election. It was almost certainly completely insignificant. And what we've seen going forward are reports, mm -hmm. breathless news reports, about very minor details of this continuing sure. one of several investigations, I should note. So I think the American people will grow tired of it, but the New York Times, the Washington Post, and a bunch of others will not grow tired of it anytime soon well, because of it course. serves their purpose. It serves their purpose. That's the point. Keep pushing the narrative here because it serves their purpose. And what is the purpose of the, the left side of the mainstream media? Their purpose is to stop this administration from getting any of its agenda in motion. Their purpose is to put the brakes on anything President Trump promised he was going to do and then actually does it. Why do you think you're seeing the, the hair on fire screaming about America pulling out of the Paris Climate Accord? A non-binding agreement. It has absolutely zero teeth. And yet... We are we are talking and, and you're hearing John Kerry talking about this being the end of the world. And of course, whenever the mainstream media shows the the. Uh, shows Kerry talking about this, they cut away to pictures of penguins and polar bears as if we're killing penguins and polar bears by what the president did with the Paris Climate Accord. It was all about redistribution of wealth. It was all about taking from America and bringing us down. America, this administration, uh, Republicans and Democrats all agree we need to be smarter and cleaner in everything we do. But we don't we don't agree on how to do it. That's the reality. Apparently, uh, Democrats think that. Uh, the, this administration, which this this mainstream media pushed to keep the Russian investigation alive, this administration could be stopped by all these investigations. And they they believe oh, these liberals get me so upset. They believe. That we can fix the planet by taking money from America and giving it to poorer nations. Well, if that were the case, we would have fixed the planet Decades ago, because we give tons and tons of money to poor nations all over the world. America's the most generous nation on the planet. I know I'm putting two issues together here. The climate agreement and the pullout of the climate agreement and the Russia investigation. But I do believe it's all related. It's all about trying to stop the Trump administration from moving forward with anything. Because what have we gotten done? Do we have health care reform finished? No. Do we have tax reform ready? No. And despite what the president said in the Rose Garden, uh, the, it, I don't think the tax reform is coming. I would love it to happen this year. He said it's moving along just fine. But according to reports that we're seeing online, we're not going to see tax reform. We're not going to get the health care thing right. So what are we doing? Well, I'll tell you, the left is getting their their mission accomplished. And they are stopping the president. They're slowing down everything we're trying to do. There are three different, three different investigations going on right now. And possibly a fourth. Who knows? So guess what? 
nothing's going to get done because the people we hired to do things are busy out there chasing all these stories, rumors, and leaks. I would shut down the House investigation and the Senate investigation and just let the special counselor do his investigation. And then if we see we need to go further, let's go further. But in the meantime, do your damn job. Do the job we hired you to do. Michael Pelka on Pure Opelka. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back. Got a couple of uh, bits of housekeeping to uh, deal with. You know, I've been talking about the fact that I've I've been mocking CNN for pushing this um, narrative about the president possibly using an executive privilege to prevent Comey from speaking. And apparently our own news is mentioning that. So if if that's true, I guess I have to mock our own news, especially when the New York Times is saying Trump's not going to do that. So somebody call the news department, please. Uh, earlier, I wanted to know who who was the farthest from the uh, the constitutionally protected free speech bunker here in the the woods of Arden, Delaware. Who was who was reaching out and listening this morning? And I know the closest. And I think I might, may have found the farthest on the continental United States. The closest, I think, is Mark in Maryland. Good morning, Mark. How are you, sir? Hey, Godfather. <laughs> yeah, a, that brings back those old memories of the early Buck Sexton show, doesn't it? It does, definitely. Now, you should get on that Craigslist thing as the Godfather of backyard barbecuing. Well, you know what I I would love to do? Did you hear the the Mad Cuban on with us uh, last week when we were talking about barbecuing? Oh, yes. Oh, my God. I I was sitting here in a puddle of salivation. Yeah, he he makes me so hungry. And he he said he'll come back. I may have him on next Friday when we we talk uh, on Glenn's show. We may talk about backyard cooking but he is the king he is the king of backyard cooking i i think we need to get carl and uh me and maybe we'll do a backyard episode of pure opelka one friday and we'll actually do it live from the barbecue and we we would have to do a facebook uh facebook video facebook live on that one just to see if we can get a bunch of people tuned in you know it can't always be about politics can it mark no, it can't, because after a while you get tired of the snowflakes and the jack wagons and the crybabies. And, you know, I can only afford so much Kleenex to hand out. <laughs> That's a great point. Well, I got to check in with the farthest, I believe, continental uh, distance from me today. So thank you, Mark. Have a great rest of your day. Uh, Vec is on from uh, Oregon, right? Yes, sir. Portland, how are you this how are you this morning my friend well, i can't complain it's a beautiful misty morning so typical uh june day for portland 
Um, what, can I ask what the heck is going on in your city and then in your neighboring state of Washington? What in the what are we going to have to do to bring some of your common sense to some of your neighbors and the people in the state next door to you? I think they need to stop drinking the water. <laughs> well, no, I have no idea. I, I, don't, I honestly don't know. Maybe stop people moving up from California. A lot of this is, is definitely being rooted in via I-5. <laughs> so that does seem to be a thing. And we've talked to people in Colorado on this show who say that their state was solidly red until people in California figured out that they could go there and basically take it over. And they've done that. They've turned Denver into a deep blue area. And the state is now purple. And your state which I used to think was uh, home to some pretty good, clear thinking, seems to have gone uh, almost almost communist, not just socialist, but almost communist. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, it has. I mean, we are in Portland is known as Moscow on the Willamette for that reason. And that just rolls um, off the tongue, doesn't it? Moscow on the yes, Willamette. <laughs> Willamette. <laughs> yeah. That's the no, river, but, um, correct? That is the river that has the confluence with the Columbia up here. Um, if I can be entirely honest with you, what it is is eight years. It, well, it's not just eight years. It's it's a lot longer because a lot of it has is, is piggybacking off the whole um, illegal immigrant thing. Um, but it's just been years and years and years of not obeying the law. And it's come down to the point that Oregonians are just kind of and by Oregonians, I mean everybody on the I-5 corridor. If you get out into Centralia and the east side of the state, it's still very red. Um, but the Oregonians on I-5 corridor are just like, meh, whatever. And see, this this whole not following the law eventually comes back to bite everybody on the butt. And that's what people don't realize. In In the county where I live, the county executive has now made it uh, not permissible for cops when they stop someone to to basically turn them in if they are here illegally, even if they know they're here illegally. But yet, if you have a broken headlight, you're getting a ticket no matter what, because the county needs the money. And why do they need the money? Because people who are here illegally are sucking all the social services out of the district. It's they don't get it. You're singing my song, Mike. I I, I just don't know how – I'll be honest with you. I'm looking to get out of here. I, I'm looking to get a little extra training and then get out of here because it's just it's insanity, and the whole state's a sanctuary state. Well, the, the um, sanctuary cities and sanctuary states, I think, are going to pay the price in the year. I've got about 30 seconds left, Becca. Where would you go if you could go anywhere? Um, anywhere where they got an oil field needing drilling, because that's what I want to get in on. I want to get on in on the oil fields. Well, I think there's plenty of opportunity there. You've got choices from a few great states. I so appreciate you for being here. You need to send me an email because I've got some Puro Palka stuff in the uh, swag closet I need to send you. And I'm going to get more when I go to Dallas. So please write me an email. Tell me where to send it. And we'll be right back after the break on Puro Palka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. So many topics I'd like to get to today and so little time before Jeff Fisher gets here. And uh, I think Jeffy's still on holiday, as they would say, overseas in England. Uh, and so you're you're going to get some classic Jeff Fisher today, which means it's hilarious. But there's a story out there that I think Jeffy would have covered were he here today live. Uh, it is the most common misspelled search terms by state from a place called Pornhub. So if you are familiar with this porn purveyor, Pornhub, they have put out a map of the United States, which has the most often searched terms. Some of you who live in different states, it uh, looks like you have some fascinating predilections when it comes to adult entertainment. And some of you look like you have problems spelling. Just saying. But... Uh, if if you want to see it, it's it's. I'll tweet out a link to it. It it should be entertaining, and I'm sure it's something that it, it will hold until Jeffy returns, which will be next week. Um, we have a lot to cover today, as I said. We we've, we've covered much already, uh, but but I was looking at at the statement made by uh, General Mattis, uh, the U.S. Secretary of Defense. Who, who was talking about North Korea, because we are concerned about North Korea, despite the fact that we're spending all of our time hooting and hollering about Kathy Griffin and Kofefe and the investigation into whatever alleged collusion happened between the Russians and the Trump campaign. The real, one of the real serious issues out there is North Korea and the fact that Kim Jong idiot continues to push forward. He told us weeks ago he was making some more special packages to deliver to the United States. And it, you know, sounded like him in his Dr. Evil impersonation again, special packages to deliver to the United States. And, and then he also said he was going to ramp up production of missiles using the industrial strength of their factories to focus not on making cars for their roads or planes to fly around or anything else that might help the people, but he wanted to build more missiles. And he's got the people. He certainly has the people. And he's, and he's spending the, the nation's wealth on building up its military might. I know there are people out there who think that this is all fake, that if we were to test him actually, it would we would find out there's nothing there that those missiles are just giant painted cardboard tubes well do you want to be the one to find out that you were wrong no and and i'm not either but uh, general mattis was speaking in singapore yesterday and he had some pretty clear things to say about north korea north korea's continued pursuit of nuclear weapons and the means to deliver them is not new but the regime has increased the pace and the scope of its efforts. Now, interesting point here. Kim Jong-un has now tested more missiles than his father and his grandfather did combined. And he's only been around a handful of years. More, more missiles tested 
by Kim Jong-un than his father and grandfather combined. North Korean regime has a long record of murder of diplomats, of kidnapping innocents, of killing of sailors, other criminal activity. Its nuclear weapons program is maturing as a threat to all. Kim Jong-un killed his own brother. Kim Jong-un took his, his top advisor and took him out into a field and had him shot using anti-aircraft guns. This is a serious deal, and we're wrestling with Kofefe and, and Kathy Griffin and chasing the Russian investigation so Maxine Waters can feel good. Continue, Secretary Mattis. Coupled with reckless proclamations, the current North Korean program signals a clear intent to acquire nuclear-armed ballistic missiles, including those of intercontinental range that pose direct and immediate threats to our regional allies, our partners, and all the world. He had a missile fall into the shipping lanes, the business lanes. It's like landing a missile on a highway in the shipping lanes in the Sea of Japan this week. Does anyone else wonder, wonder why, why this gets this guy's attention, why the Secretary of Defense is calling out Kim Jong-un? Let, let's let him go. President Trump has made clear that the era of strategic patience is over. As a matter of U.S. national security, the United States regards the threat from North Korea as a clear and present danger. Amen. The threat from North Korea as a clear and present danger. When, I want to know, when are we actually going to do something about this? I'm betting you're going to see something sooner rather than later. Sooner rather than later. Because, frankly, we may not be able to afford later. And I wonder where you stand on it. What do you think we should do? Should we do something militarily? Should we do something in a cyber vein or should we let China do it? China, Russia, South Korea and Japan obviously have the, the biggest to lose, the most, the most gigantic threat to their world is North Korea. China is in bed with North Korea in a big way. China is a business partner with North Korea. I believe somebody said it's 90-some percent of what North Korea does business with uh, China. 90% of their economy is linked to China. So nobody else is really doing any trading with North Korea. Maybe Iran. Maybe Iran. But it's North Korea and China that are in bed together. China was keeping the brother alive. China was keeping the guy that they were lining up to be the replacement to Kim Jong-un alive in Macau. They were basically funding this guy's high roller lifestyle until Kim Jong-un must have gotten wind of it and thought, wait a minute, they're grooming this guy to take over. They're now going to target me. So by eliminating his replacement, Kim Jong-un has delayed what could be the inevitable removal of him from the face of the earth. Because you can't just take the guy out. What happens then? Do you have a military coup? Do you have all those generals who are there with all those tanks lining up on the border, lining up at the DMZ, getting ready to launch against both South Korea and Japan? 
it would be, as the Pentagon said, devastating. Absolutely devastating. So it's kind of kind of nerve wracking, isn't it? Not to diminish any of the importance of Kofefe or Kathy Griffin or the Russian investigation. But North Korea, to me, is a gigantic problem and a problem that was started back during for me back during the Clinton administration when we started our appeasement, when we started giving them money to tell them, oh, you don't have food for people. Let us give you some money and and you buy food. And they didn't go out and buy food. You still have starving people all over North Korea. You still have human rights abuses. Watch this space. We'll be right back. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back. Wrapping up uh, another Saturday here on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you for joining this show. Thank you for being here. I really appreciate you guys. Um, I I want you to go to theblaze.com and click on my channel. If you haven't, if you haven't followed the Michael Pelka channel, on theblaze.com, I would ask you to do so. I'm trying to catch up to Doc Thompson. He's got a substantial lead on me, and it's not that I'm begging for support, but I'm begging for support, <laughs> okay? I, I really do want to catch up to Doc. And uh, next week when I'm in Dallas for most of the week, there's going to be a little bit of a, a WWE-type approach to what goes on between the two shows, so you'll see. Uh, I have said on the show that I, I, I'm not going to hide it. I wonder if president Trump is going to make it through the first four years. I, I'm one of those people who wonders if he would not be removed by impeachment, but if he would grow weary of the role as president, he does say, and he has said in the past that he had all the money he needed And he thought serving the nation would be a good thing to do. But you have to wonder. You have to wonder, can can you constantly take all of the attacks? For example, earlier this week, CNN went on the attack on Donald Trump, talking about uh, his reaction to the situation in Manila. Just before he went into the Rose Garden to make his announcement on the climate agreement and the withdrawal, as he was making, there, there was an attack, and it, it looked to be a terror attack. There was all kinds of speculation that it was a terror attack. ISIS claimed credit for it. And yet CNN went on the attack on the president. And I, I don't want to say they're nitpicking, but they're nitpicking. Check this out. President Trump with stirred words also after dozens are killed in Manila. Watch. It is really very sad as to what's going on throughout the world with terror. Yeah, but this is is a problem here because it wasn't a terror attack. We'll tell you what really happened. Well, CNN can say they'll tell you what really happened, but the reality here is 
The police in the Philippines are, are saying it wasn't a terror attack, but ISIS is claiming credit. Now, the Philippines have a little bit of a credibility issue at this point. So for CNN to go after the president on this one seems to be a little out of, it seems to be unfair. And yet the attacks continue. Over at MSNBC, Dan Rather was invited to come on and comment about the president. And Dan Rather said this. We haven't had a president this psychologically troubled. I'm, I'm trying to use my language mm-hmm. carefully. We haven't had a president this psychologically troubled in this way since at least Richard Nixon. Yes. Uh, and remember, we're still very early in the mm-hmm. Trump presidency. We are very early in the Trump presidency, Dan, but it's fascinating to me that you and all of your studies and years as a psychologist and or a psychotherapist uh, would be so open to bringing this diagnosis to the people, violating patient doctor confidential. Oh, wait, what? Dan Rather doesn't have training as a psychologist. Dan Rather hasn't had years as a psychologist. Oh, I forgot about that. And Dan Rather was the father of fake news. Dan Rather was the guy who gave us the false reports about George Bush, and then he stood by them. So you wonder why the president would would put up with all this. You wonder why he'd hang in there for four years under constant attack of people he would like to say. You are fake news. Absolutely, Mr. President. You wonder. And then you realize the rest of the world is now going to be going after the president as we hear people from other countries calling us out for pulling out of the Paris climate deal. The reason the president pulled out of the Paris climate deal is not because he doesn't want clean air and clean water, as Nancy Pelosi would have you believe. She even speculated as to whether or not the president's children and grandchildren actually breathed air. It really was insane. But the reason we pulled out of that climate accord is because it's not fair. It was trying to penalize America for being great, trying to penalize America for being a leader, to take us down. And that's not, that's not having anything to do with cleaning up the environment. The biggest polluter in the world, China, China, now is going to... Uh, in the minds of the Germans and the French, be the world leader. Yeah, w- see how that works out after China, you, you give your allegiance to them. See how it works out when the communist country decides they're going to do whatever the hell they want to do. Go ahead. Suck up to them. You'll find out. President Trump's also getting a little heat from Canada as the, the lottery in Quebec is taking bets until October 1st on whether Donald Trump will still be in office on May 1st of 2018. They're selling $1 Trump stays tickets and $1 Trump goes tickets. They say it's their most popular non-sporting bet at the moment. And last year's presidential race was their most popular non-sporting bet of all time. Anybody in Canada... You know, I I still have questions about the the full term, but I would bet President Trump is there a year from now. I would take that bet. I'd buy some of those. Maybe we all should. Maybe the Congress should do it. 
it would be respecting the office, wouldn't it? Why don't we all get behind our country before we worry about what the world thinks? Testudo, my friends. Testudo. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.